the screws loose, let him strip the bolts on him. Should've never sent him to pick up the work for him. Spray the park and had my shit inside the car. Marcus Smart Boy was shooting with a 36 on him. Said if he wasn't in the rush, they was all goners. Tech cursive on the jets, he was gonna show John. They were sleeping on the garden and dawn. Hello and welcome to another edition of Chuddy's Corner. I'm your host, Ben Handler, a.k.a. King Chuddy. Joined, as always, by my co-host, Nick Perino. Nick, how we doing? I think you know exactly how I'm doing, Ben. We've been better. Yeah. We've definitely been better. To say the least. Yes. So, folks, what we're alluding to is, of course, the massive collapse and choke job by the Celtics in Game 5 of their second-round series against the Bucks, which was last night, Wednesday... We are coming to you on Thursday, May 12th. It's a little past uh, 8. It's about 8.15 p.m. on the East Coast. So been, we've had almost a full 24 hours to process what happened last night in, I would say, the biggest game of the NBA season, at least so far. Um, we're going to dive into everything that happened, everything that went wrong, whether there are any silver linings, where do we go from here. All that, it's going to be a fun episode, but, uh, you know, also maybe maybe a somber episode, and, and more so than we've probably had in a while, because, uh, hey, you know, like I said, it was the biggest game of the season, so we're here to talk about it. Um, before we get into it, of course, if you're not already, check out and follow the podcast, listen to us wherever you listen to us, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all that, give us a like, give us a subscribe, catch us on Twitter, at Chuddy's Corner. Or I'm at King Chuddy. Nick is at underscore Nick Perino. And the easiest way to find everything is, of course, to go to the blog, nickperino.com. You'll see the big button right on the main page for Chuddy's Corner. There you get all our blog posts, takeaways on every game, much more. Basically, everything relevant that happens with the Celtics. And frankly, it's some things that probably aren't really that relevant. Um, but it's a great place to go. Lively comment section, a lot of good stuff going on there. And of course, that's also your home for any real estate needs. So you can really kill two birds with one stone if you're looking for some real estate, want to hear about the NBA, the Celtics, all that good stuff. But that's the spot. Check us out. We appreciate the support. Moving right along, let's dig right in. Game five. NBA Eastern Conference semifinals last night. Celtics box 2-2. The pivotal game. We know all the stats. You know, the team that wins game five and those wins over 82% of the time. It's as close to, you know, a game seven. That isn't a game seven. It's it's a lot. It's not over, but it's a lot. Celtics were taking care of business. Had it in the bag for 40 minutes, maybe even more. It felt... You know, it, it felt like we had one foot there to a 3-2 lead, having two games to win one, knowing that Game Seven's in Boston, feeling honestly pretty damn good about ourselves. And then it all went wrong. It all fell apart. 14-point lead, gone. Everything else, gone everything going wrong and just just like that in the blink of an eye the Bucks have imposed their will they've shown why they're champs they're up 3-2 they've demoralized the entire city of Boston they silenced the TD Garden and they head back to Milwaukee only needing to win one game and feeling like they might have you know 
They might have just done it. They might have broken our will. They might have, you know, they've they've got one foot in the conference finals. It is what it is. Nick, what are your takeaways from what we saw last night? Where do you want to start? So it was, to me, it was basically, it was a tale of the first two minutes and the last two minutes of the fourth quarter, which I think basically was almost a tale of, you know, the first half of the season and the second half of the season. It's It was kind of like, you know, first two minutes of the game was basically who we've been for, you know, most of the second first half of the, of the year. Quarter. Yes, first two minutes of the, yeah. of the fourth quarter. Um, and that's, you know, we've been, we're playing like who we were and who we've been playing. Like we're, you know, we were playing aggressive. We extended the lead a little bit um, up to 14. I think you said, um, you know, we looked like the team we've been really. Um and then, you know, we kind of started letting it slip away a little bit. But, um, you know, for most of the second half of the season, we've we've been able to close out games. and um, Or, you know, when we had leads, we extended those leads. And I think for the first, you know, what, how many games? First eight games of the, of the playoffs so far, I mean, we looked like a team that knew how to close out games. And that was our biggest fear coming into the playoffs was – you know, getting into close games and knowing what to do. And for whatever reason, it just looked, we didn't look like that team anymore in the last few minutes. And I mean, it really started probably with, I'd say like six minutes to go. And we kind of just reverted to the old Celtics of, you know, first half of this year and, you know, previous years where it was, we just kind of stopped moving the ball, playing the same offense we've been playing for the, you know, for months now. Um, and it was almost like we were trying to like, you know, we had that 14 double digit lead, 14 point double digit lead. And we were kind of like, just trying to like burn the clock, which just isn't the way we've been winning games. You know, we, we kind of went back to that whole ISO ball where, you know, my turn, your turn with Jalen and Jason, um, just kind of, you know, walking the ball up court, taking, you know, eight seconds off the clock and then dribbling around, making a couple moves and then taking a, you know, contested mid range or something or contested layup or three pointer or whatever. And it's, it just wasn't good basketball. And that's, that was kind of the offense that, you know, was so frustrating to watch for, you know, probably over a year with this team. Um, so it was just really disappointing. And, and I think, you know, we got for most of the game, it was pretty, you know, we, we played hard and I think we played hard even, you know, through the fourth, but I think it was just pretty clear that Milwaukee kind of outworked us in the fourth. And it's not to say that we didn't play hard. It's just, we, they played harder, um, which, you know, we've, that's basically part of the reason why we've been so good is because we've, you know, worked harder than most teams. We've played harder. We've been the aggressor. Um, you know, we've matched Milwaukee's, um, you know, intensity all series. And just that's, you know, second half of the fourth quarter, we just did for some reason. We took our foot off the gas, you know, that old cliche, and, um, and we had a chance to put it away. And, you know, we didn't look like we knew how to close out, you know, like a, championship atmosphere 
level game, and the Bucks looked like they knew exactly what to do because you know they've they've done it. Um, so it's it's it was disappointing. I mean, that's this might this probably changed the whole complexion of the whole series. I mean, you know, first couple of minutes of the fourth, I was like, all right, we're winning this game. We're going to be up three two. We just have to win one more, and we're in the Eastern Conference Finals. And now it's an uphill battle. So it's disappointing to say the least. Um, not sure what happened, but that's my initial thought, anyways. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I'd say for the most part, you pretty much nailed it. That is a good good summary of what happened. Uh, played well. I mean, I would say it's kind of you know. There's all these different analogies you can make, but it basically felt like we, you know, it was like a race. We were out and leading by a comfortable margin for 90% of the race, and then we just stopped running. It was like we thought we had won the race, and we just walked to the finish line, and the box passed us. Like, I don't know how else to put it, but the Celtics just stopped playing. They stopped. And like you said, I don't think it was like a lack of effort or... Um, you know, I didn't mean like playing harder, this or that, whatever, but it's just like they, I think they got up 14. I think, I mean, I can remember the point in the game where it was um, Tatum crossed up the shit out of Connaughton, took it to the rack and jammed on him. That put the Celtics back up 13. Crowd was going crazy. I think it was t- under 10 minutes to go in the fourth. And like you said, I mean, it felt like that was the game. It's like, all right, just, you know close this one out and we should be good it felt like the bucks were even almost ready to roll over like one or two more shots and you'd think they would have pretty much thrown in the towel it was that close um and then yeah the celtics just stopped playing it was like they thought they had the game won they completely completely changed the way they were playing and went into that mode of like okay the game's over let's just coast the finish line the Bucks did not, I mean, obviously, and nor should they have because there's just way too much time. And even in the moment, as it was happening, I was sitting here going, like, we have to keep playing offense. What are we doing? It was like, uh, you know, it's like a classic to, for another sport analogy. It's like that NFL game where the, the team goes into the prevent defense up 14 with eight minutes left on the clock. And you're just like, what are you doing? You can't just change what got you the lead because of the time. And we 100% played the clock. And like you said, there was zero ball movement it felt like we were running isos play after play just sitting on the ball until there's about 10 seconds left dribble 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 pull up jumper over and over again what felt like 10 possessions in a row for like six minutes of the clock until the entire lead just whittled away and i mean that was the main thing we just weren't running offense we weren't you know there was no all the things that have worked for us all season and all game and that got us that lead and got us into the position just went out right out the window and we went right back to we're just going to pound the rock for 24 seconds, ISO with our best player or two, and hope that they can make a contested step-back jumper. I mean, even looking back through the game log of the fourth quarter, it's Jason Tatum misses 22-foot jump shot. Jason Tatum misses 21-foot jump shot. Jalen Brown misses 22-foot jump shot. And, like, these weren't good looks off of you know driving kicks and ball movement these were like you said my turn your turn dribble for 22 seconds shoot a shot at the buzzer and hey whatever the clock is going to run out and we're going to win no matter what else happens and they missed almost all of those shots empty offense no second chances in there 
And, you know, give it, as much of it was a complete choke by the Celtics, give the Bucks a lot of credit because a lot of teams probably would have just thrown in the towel and let the Celtics coast to the finish line. The Bucks, I mean, that was the ultimate kind of display of, like, why they are a team that has gotten over that hump and won a championship, and those are champions versus the Celtics for who as good as we are and as much as, you know, we're not a complete young and experienced team anymore, but we haven't really earned those scars, as you can say. You know, there's always this thing about in the NBA how you kind of have to go through those, like, heartbreaks and it's like a leveled stepping stones for these stars of, like, check boxes they need to check off before they get there and it felt like that like this is that box of like the Celtics Giannis has checked those boxes you know what I mean he's he's taken those lumps he's earned those scars he's gotten to the top of the hill and now he's the box you have to check off and it felt like the Celtics just weren't there yet and he and the Bucks reminded them of that a lot due to the Celtics own cause of basically letting it happen but at the same time, as much you know, the Celtics gave them a chance, and the Bucks absolutely took it every time. It felt like we were going to pull away. They hit a big shot to just keep it within arm's reach throughout the whole game. Really, I mean, it felt like there was many times the Celtics could have pulled it away, gotten it up to 20, 25 points, but the Bucks kept just hitting big shots, hurrying back every time the Celtics had momentum. They would pull it out of the hoop and come down the other end and hit a three right back before you even knew what was happening. And then when the Celtics let up, they pressed the gas even harder. And, you know, you could, yeah, like I said, you're watching it, it was like slow motion, just feeling that lead slip away as we kept failing to execute on offense over and over again. Well, I mean, I can't even call it failing to execute because I don't know, even know if there was a plan. And that's the thing. I don't know if – I don't know because this was a big problem, that the Celtics offense would devolve into this ISO sort of your turn, my turn thing like you just mentioned and all the – all the good things we do stop and all the bad things we do start. And is that Yudoka saying, you know, all right, let's start running out the clock, boys. Is that Tatum and Brown to a lesser extent saying, all right, I got this. It's my time. Like, I don't know who kind of I, – I don't know where to where to begin to divvy up the blame for what happened. But like, I think it's very clear what happened and why it went wrong. I just don't know – like I said, I guess, you know, you, you go to your best player, Tatum, and your coach, Udoka, and like I said, I don't know which whose idea it was, but at one point, I think at least the coach has to step in and say, like, this isn't who we are. This isn't what we do. We're not going to suddenly turn into the Mavs and play Luka Ball because we're up 14. Like, it's, uh, it's just a terrible idea. Like I said, I don't know if that was even the idea or it just kind of happens organically or what. But again, I think at some point someone has to say, hey, this isn't it. We need to keep going. And I mean, part of it is Tatum, you know, he had 34 points, but he didn't have a great shooting night. Obviously, he was 12 of 29. Yeah, if he's feeling it and he's hitting half of those shots, we're not having this conversation. But he wasn't all night so to suddenly turn that into our complete offense and think hey let's everyone stop playing and tatum will win enough battles and make enough shots and we'll be good obviously that's not good enough and I, it's i don't think it's fair to just blame tatum because he was trying his best and i mean again in a vacuum it wasn't like any of those shots were bad shots every possession those are plays he can make shots he can hit but over and over again just watching it happen and empty trips after empty trips and it, like i said it was just like watching a car crash in slow motion 
you want it to stop. You can't. No one's making it stop. And before you know it, it's just a pileup. To you know, to piggyback on what you said too about the Bucks, it's like you can't take anything away from what they did because you know they did exactly what they needed to do to win, and we did exactly what we needed to do to cough it up. So it was, you know, it wasn't like we just gave it to them. It's we opened the door and they took it. Um, yeah. So you know, guys like Connaughton and Wes Matthews, like those guys hit some big shots. And again, it yeah. was like. It was like we'd make a play and have all the momentum, and it felt like that was it. And then it was like before the camera turned back. They, they I mean, one noticeable thing the Bucks are doing and making a point of is pushing off made baskets. Yeah, it was like we would score, and they'd be pushing it up, and one of those guys is hitting an open three, and it's or Giannis it, was a lot the of basket them, before like, he could even yeah, blind. and a lot of them in the moment it didn't feel like a big deal because it was like the Celtics still have momentum. Oh, they cut an eleven point lead to nine, like whatever. But, again, all those plays add up, and all of them were – again, there were so many times where it felt like we were one or two possessions away from really blowing it open, and they just never let that happen. Yeah. Even when things weren't going well for the Bucks at all and they had no momentum, there was still – it was like they always did just enough to hang in until they got their chance. The Bucks are built to bring – you know, for these sort of games where they have a double-digit deficit, mm-hmm. and yeah. they mean, know was... – the team's – should know that the way to beat the Bucks isn't to drain clock. It's to keep no. going, keep pounding. No, especially in this series. And, I mean, that was – it was all those things. Like I said, that was the the heart of the champion. That was their resolve. That Their, you know, that was a team that has faced adversity and did not flinch one bit, whereas yeah. the Celtics are a team who, like I said, I mean, as great as we are, we haven't really faced real adversity, like, as this – you know, we're right. still a first-year coach, uh, you know, a 24-year-old best player superstar who has obviously been in some big playoff games, but none where kind of I think the expectations are what they are now, if that's mm-hmm. fair. Um, like, I, I, I don't want to just excuse the Celtics as a young team who hasn't been there because they've been there, but... I mean, this feels different. It feels like this is a different iteration of the team where it's really, you know, the Jays... It's Tatum's team. Like, it's never been yeah. Tatum's team in games of this magnitude. And like I said, it's in the NBA, that's often the way it goes. Like, the older brother bullies the younger brother for a while, and the Celtics haven't really taken that bullying. Like, you know, whether you say Jordan having to battle through, like, the Pistons and the Celtics when he was, you know, a young kid until he was what, seven, eight years in the league. Um you know, the uh, LeBron having to battle the KG Pierce Celtics when he was on the Cavs and, that you know, that hump. It's like that's the way the NBA goes generally. These young up-and-coming teams look all great and then they get into the playoffs and that team with the championship experience kind of slaps them back to reality and you learn from that experience and come back and then eventually you become that team. I mean, it happened with Giannis. Giannis got right. swept yeah, by the – by the Celtics when he was younger and then battled with, uh, you know, he got taken out by Kawhi. Like, Kawhi did it to Giannis and uh, the Bucks for You know, they had a few years, and then they lost in the bubble to Butler in those heats. So it's like, they took those lumps. They had all the scars, and then it got to the point where it was like, okay, there's nothing more, there's no more for the Bucks to face. Like, they've taken yeah. every kind of damage there is, and now they're what they are. Well, it was like... The Celtics just have not. I mean, I don't... I'm not saying like this was inevitable and it's not their fault that they blew it, but 
it's also not like shocking, I guess. Yeah. And it was it was just a year ago where people were talking about the Bucks. They were down yeah. what three two. They were down three two. It was the exact same same <laughs> thing. The they blew a game is, five at home, and is, uh, that was it. People were, yeah, people were ready to drive Buck Bud out of town. Yeah, and people were wondering if Giannis was like, yeah, you know, if he if his game suited you know championship basketball yeah, or if whatever. he could be a number one. If he was fairly flawed, and now he's if he could know, be the number one guy on a team. Now he's a championship, and he's a champion. Those the Bucks are that you know yeah. that model of it's you yeah know, championship caliber team. But um, hundred percent. But yeah, so I mean, like like I was saying too, it's this team, the Bucks team. What they like to do is run, play defense, and shoot threes. So, you know, if they do those things successfully they can make up a deficit, you know, a 14-point deficit real quick. And that's mm-hmm. basically what we did. I mean, they, they sort of chipped away at it to begin with, but, I mean, they were 6 of 6 from 3 in the fourth quarter. So that's, like, exactly what you need to – that's, like, the exact your, – your fear when you're thinking about, like, what the Bucks can do, what they're capable of is they sort of lock down on defense – they run on made baskets, like you said, mm-hmm. and then you know they put up quick threes, and then all of a sudden it's like they go on a you know ten nothing outburst, or you know all of a sudden they just put up like you know twenty points in whatever five minutes, and it, it's it, that's you know the main reason why we you can't just kind of coast. Yeah. And, um, it's almost like you know something the Celtics looked afraid to like put it away but it was like it almost looked like they were playing that sort of you know walk it up the court iso ball because they didn't want to like turn the ball over or they didn't want I think know. like they pretty much thought it was over like I think they started taking a knee and didn't do the math and realized like oh shit we, there's going to be still time left for them to get the ball back like, yeah. that's what it felt like to me more than anything and like I said I don't know Ultimately, who like? I, it's hard to imagine Udoka is just like, okay, guys, there's eight minutes left. Let's let's stop playing and and just kill right. every second of the clock. Right. But at a certain point, like, how can you watch that happen for six minutes and not be like, okay, no, like, let's run some actual offense. What are we doing here? So, I mean, I, I think you have to criticize Udoka some. You have to criticize Tatum some. Um, Maybe you have to criticize Smart as the point guard for not taking, take, kind of demanding the ball and saying like, "Hey, I'm going to run a play and get us a good look here." But I don't know. Like at the same time, it's it's hard to say because it's like that's the kind of thing where if it doesn't go well, everyone's like, "Oh, there goes Smart," like not knowing his role and telling Tatum he wants the ball. So it's like it shouldn't really be his responsibility either. And then, like I said, at the end of the day, Tatum doesn't usually shoot 12 to 29, and if he makes some of these shots, it's, we're not even having this conversation. Yeah, so yeah. it's a lot of things at once, and they all, you know, any few things. Like I said, there's so many things that one minor difference, and we win this game, and we're not having this chat, but they all didn't happen. And it's, I mean, it started even in the first half. I remember we were texting, and we were saying, you know, things were going well, and the Celtics were winning, but I was saying, we were up seven. It felt like we should have been up 20. We were playing so well, and Tatum, two for ten on threes in the first half. A, most, I would say more than half of those were pretty good looks that I love him taking. 
you know, he goes 4 of 10, 5 of 10 instead of 2 of 10. We're up at least double digits. We're up 15. It's a different game. So it was like we just couldn't. We were letting him hang around the whole game. Even when we were playing well, we weren't, you know, we clearly weren't playing our best. Tatum was playing better, but, you know, he didn't really have it going. Like, he did a good job. He played very well, I would say, for the most part, in the way I would, like, want him to play, other than, you know, when they went total iso ball, whatever. But he just wasn't making a lot of shots that he usually makes, and that, to me, is all the more reason why that fourth-quarter offense was so frustrating. Because, like I said, we've all seen those games where Tatum has it going and he's scoring 50 points, and he can iso like that every play, and you're not worried about it because he's making all of those shots. But this was not one of those games. That was not the case, and that's why it's like, this isn't working. Why do we keep doing this over and over again? And then the other thing, too, that also makes it even worse is, like you said, the first few minutes of the fourth quarter were so great, and they were playing the opposite of that style. The Celtics were in the bonus with over eight minutes to play and did not attack the rim. And that's they're settling for these jumpers where it's like, even if you're going ISO but driving, you're going to draw some calls, you're going to get to the line, you're going to get some hoops, and it's like... We've got the, this double-digit lead. We're in the bonus. Keep doing basically what we're doing, and there's no way we're losing this game, and they just did the opposite. And again, I you have to blame Udoka because at, at some point, whether it was his idea or not, at some point he has to take a timeout and say, cut the shit, like, stop. And he didn't until it was just way too late. And I mean, I, I it felt like the only basket we scored for about eight minutes of play was Horford's putback. With a two minutes left, which was, nice. he, which was awesome. But I mean, again, that was a bad possession. Tatum missed a long jumper, and Horford flew in for the putback, which was awesome. But hey, look at the game Al Horford just had in Game Four and Game Three. Now in Game Five, we get him seven shots. Like it wasn't like the Bucks changed what they were doing and started sending guys to him. We just stopped running pick and rolls with Al. Like. Yeah, just so many baffling things, and especially in the fourth quarter and down the stretch. And like I said, I don't. It's hard to point the finger at any one person. I mean, I think this was really like a full team loss. And there's a lot of guys up and down the roster who are probably looking in the mirror and saying, "I can do better," and I should have done better. Um. Yeah, and you know, not to jump on Tatum again, but like, you know. The, it felt like every so every trip down the floor down the court you know in the last six minutes it was almost like being in the bonus kind of got into our head or something and you know he thought that the refs were just gonna like you know hand us the mm-hmm. game or let us shoot free throws to a win and you know right. you saw it because he every shot he took he was on the ground after mm-hmm. and it's not like you know, it's not like I'm not saying he was, you know, just flopping around, but like every time he took a jumper, he landed on his ass and was like expecting, you know, to get to the line. And this the playoffs, that's usually not how it's gonna go, especially this series where it's been super physical and you know, they've been letting you know, for the most part both teams get away with yeah. some physical play. But they're not gonna they're not gonna call these you know soft mid range mm-hmm. uh, fouls un- unless it's like egregious. But especially you know in the last six minutes, and I think like his whole idea was that well, and when know, he did drive, he was getting calls, which is even yeah. worse. Like 
what would have been the game-winning free throws when it when the Bucks finally tied it and we needed a score with 30 seconds left. We went to Tatum. He put his head down, got to the rim, drew a legitimate foul, and buried two free throws. And it was just like, okay, so where has this been the last 10 minutes? Right. Yeah, yeah, and that's like the old, you know, that was kind of the old Tatum where mm-hmm. people were like, why doesn't he go to the basket more? Why is right. he, you know, why is he pulling up for these mid-range? Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with mid-range, especially in this series, but it's not like but you it can't wasn't... live there. And it wasn't, it's one thing when, you know, you're running pick and roll or you're moving the ball and you're getting wide open mid-range shots, but that's not the same as dribbling for 20 seconds and pulling up with a guy in your face. Like, those are bad mid-range shots. The mid-range shots when you've driven and kicked and made three passes and Al Horford's at the free throw line with no one within five feet of him, that's a good mid-range shot. Dribbling for 20 seconds and then stepping back for a 22-footer fadeaway and falling down is not a good mid-range shot. Like, this shouldn't be that difficult. You know what I mean? There's a little bit of nuance involved to diagnose what's happening, and it's just bad offense. I don't know how else to spin it. It's just bad offense, and it just it went on for the entire quarter. Like I said, it's kind of everyone's fault. It's Tatum's got a... I don't know, like you said. I mean, I'm sure... Part of it was probably being tired. I mean, I think he we've seen some tired legs out of Tatum, and understandably so. He's carrying a massive burden on both ends, and, you know, I get that. We're seeing it. He's not the only one who's tired out there. I get his, you know, feeling of, hey, I just make a few of these jumpers and one-on-one coverage, and we're good. And, again, that would have been true if he did make some more, but not good enough. Um, not good enough at all. Really disappointing, and... I don't know. I don't, I'm not. I'm not sure what else to say. Like that was the main thing, really, to me was just the offense, the way they played offense, and it's just it. It just wasn't good enough. Um, yeah. The uh, and, and know, I mean, the... I think our they had some. They finally got out in transition a lot in the quarter, but again, I think that was as much of anything a product of our shitty offense. Like, yeah. you know, if we're playing better and keep executing the way we were playing they're not getting fast break points so they almost all of the our issues and i think there were a lot but i think it can kind of all go back to the way we played offense and i think all of the other issues which i have a lot that we can talk about either were a direct result of the way we played on offense or they wouldn't have happened at all or or no sorry they either wouldn't have happened or they wouldn't have mattered if we just played offense. Like, we could have... With the lead we had, if we kept playing offense, we could have traded baskets. Right. And all the other things I'm going to complain about wouldn't have mattered. They only mattered because we weren't playing offense, so everything else became, you know, magnified and that much more important. Yeah. The... the, It's all stems from those last, you know, six minutes of how we played offense. It's... Begging them to to get back into the game. Yeah. And... Treating it it, like... it's, it's just like we were up twenty four instead of fourteen, or like there was just so two confusing. minutes instead of six. Because we, like the first three quarters, we had five turnovers total, I think. And then, not even, I don't think. I mean, we had two at halftime. I don't. Maybe so. Yeah, maybe. I think five we had. I think three. we had Either way. In the third, but whatever. Very you small know, we had five, and then we had five in the fourth alone. So it was almost like we were trying to play this conservative game, so we didn't get turnovers, and didn't allow them to you know score off of you know score easy buckets off of, you know, running off turnovers. And that's exactly what happened. I'm pretty sure we had five turnovers and they, I think they had 10 points off those turnovers. So it was like, yeah, exactly the opposite. 
it, yeah. it was like just a completely backwards logic. And yeah, absolutely. And the fact that we only had five turnovers the first three quarters probably meant we were playing pretty effective offense. So mm-hmm. why change what we were doing for the first three quarters? So not it's just there's something that's just not lining up, and I, I can't really. Well, I don't know what. And, and this was know. an issue when the team wasn't doing well. Right. I thought that we had learned the lesson you about blowing thought. leads and basically a... stopping. But this was like a vintage Celtics collapse from the first month of the season. Like, we've yeah. seen this before. Not for a while, but this was exactly that. I mean, this – and that's why, like I said, it's it's awful to watch, but it's not like – but as soon as it started happening, I knew it was happening. Like, I felt it way before it happened. And again, I mean, that's why a lot of people are making a big deal out of the last minute and the last few possessions. But to me, the game was already lost by then. Like, it never should have gotten that close. And when it did, even before they tied it, like, I had very little faith. Because in games like this, you can't you can't turn it off and turn it back on. Like, if you know what I mean. Once you stop, you can't. You can't go down a level of intensity, which the Celtics clearly did, and then try to turn it back up with, you know, when it's like, oh, no, now we got a minute left. So I was like, even if we had scored and forced overtime, it was hard to feel good with just the way the game was going and the teams were playing at that point. It was like, okay, we've already stopped playing, and they've even up there in their level, uh, you know, another notch, and that's hard to overcome at that point. Yeah, you know, I agree. I mean... Definitely have some criticisms of mm. no, the last, and the last, the last two plays. It was went, bad. It was bad. It Don't get me point, wrong. Like, like you said. Yeah, the last minute was, was also bad, but it's just like if you let yourself get into that position and then suddenly, I, I don't know. Should we just talk about the last minute now? I, I got other things on the list of kind of what went wrong leading up to it. but It's up to you. I mean, I'm, I'm happy to jump on it whenever you want. <laughs> All right, well, let's go through the other things because, like I said, I got a list and none of them are as important. I mean, it all kind of stems from the offense. So, to me, the other thing was the offensive rebounds for the Bucks, yeah. which they had yeah. 17 in the game, which is just a ridiculously high number. Um, 10 second chance points in the fourth quarter alone, which, again, is just awful. Um, seven offensive – seven of those offensive rebounds were in, in the, the fourth quarter. quarter. Yeah. yeah. And, again, so – Here's the thing. In game four, the Celtics went small at the end with Smart, White, the Jays, and Al. And it obviously worked great. Uh, the Bucs weren't ready for it. And we were kind of able to dominate with that lineup, basically. Uh, they had no answers. So we went back to that. This time, Bud, credit to Bud, great adjustment. Instead of George Hill, he had Bobby Portis out there. So they didn't go fully small. They didn't have George Hill in there, who we abused in the fourth quarter last game. We had Portis in there instead. So they had the size advantage. Um, and, I mean, Portis, credit to him, he did a good job. Obviously, he made the winning basket, but he got a ton of offensive rebounds. He was just in there, you know, being a pain in the ass, causing problems. And, um, you know, I don't I don't want to just say just the lineup of going small is why we gave up so many boards and offensive boards, because it's definitely not. It was an effort thing to a certain point. Like there was just a, you know, the same way that we stopped playing on offense. I don't think it was nearly as glaring. Cause I think the whole time we were still playing good defense. That's the thing. Like our defense didn't really drop a level. We were playing just as well. The bucks still weren't really playing efficient offense. Like they were slowly chipping away. And 
it, most of their baskets were our second chance points. Like, it felt like we were getting the initial stop, then we just couldn't get the defensive board. We couldn't end the possessions. And, I mean, part of it is just, you know, bad luck. Some of them, especially like Giannis's bricks, are flying off the rim. So, some of them, hey, you know, what can you do? But some of them, guys are just standing there. They weren't boxing out. And, I mean, it, it, it's kind of, again, hand-in-hand hand with the offense, let your foot off the gas. On defense, you're going to let your foot off the gas, especially in situations like that, especially when on offense – you know, at least three of our guys are generally just standing there for 24 seconds and then waiting to go play defense. You play defense, you make a stop, and then you, you know, oh, shit, I forgot to box out. It's unacceptable. Um, I mean, that it happened. It happened over and over again. It happened on multiple possessions <clears throat> and multiple big possessions, too. Like, times, so many times, again, I mean, I keep saying there's so many times where the Celtics could have just made one play and ended the game, and that was the case with the rebounds. There's so many rebounds where... <clears throat> We gave the Bucks one more chance, and then they just like made a back-breaking three, where it felt like things were things were good, and then they got one more board. And again, I mean, there was one possession where I think they got four offensive rebounds, kept kicking it out and missing, and we were playing great D, kept forcing the stop, could not get a rebound. Finally, they hit a three, and it's like, oh, just a dagger. And then I mean, in the final minutes, so I talked about that. Al got that put back. That put us up six with under two minutes left. The crowd was going crazy. <clears throat> it felt like we, we had it. Like we had, okay, finally, we, we close it. We get a stop. Bucks get an offensive rebound. Kick it out to Giannis, who, I, you know, I'm standing up and cheering every time he shoots a three. He decides to shoot a three off the offensive board. Of course, he hits it. Like, that was just one of those where I was like, all right, you know, this is, it's all snowballing on us. Everything's going wrong. That was the sign of it. Cause it was like, we got the stop. They kicked it to Giannis. He's shooting a three. This is exactly what we want. And I mean, that's, you know, that's Giannis. That's why he's the best player in the world. Of course, he, that's the time that he buries the three. And that was the point where they cut it to three. And at that point, that was where I was just like, we're screwed. You know, I, again they're just playing at another level we've we've lowered our intensity too far and i don't think we can turn it back up in time and we couldn't and then you saw it there on the very last you know basket uh for the last field goal at least for the bucks when they finally took the lead Giannis misses a free throw and again i mean it's, it's certainly not a lack of effort because you if anything it was too much effort smart comes crashing in from the three-point line should have had the ball. Jalen also being aggressive goes for the ball, bumps smart. The two of them collide, you know, and that kind of jars the ball loose right into the hands of Portis, and he's there for the putback. Yet another offensive rebound, which was the other story of the game. <clears throat> and I mean that, yeah, was that play bad luck? Definitely. But at a certain point, like you get that many offensive rebounds, it's it's more than just bad luck. Even if that one play was bad luck, but it's a product of how hard they were crashing. And I mean that's again. Good rebounders, but two Celtics guards against the Bucks, basically center. Like, uh, you know, so the offensive rebounds is just partly effort, partly personnel, but brutal, unacceptable. You, I don't know the stats off the top of my head, but I don't think many teams win playoff games when they give up 17 offensive rebounds. Yeah, that'd be, that would be interesting to for someone <laughs> it to It can't be a up. lot. But the offensive rebounds obviously were – Maybe the most important factor, the, the comeback in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Well, I mean, other, so the other reason than the Celtics awful. Like I said, if the Celtics plan, keep but... playing offense, it doesn't matter because exactly. we could trade baskets and we still win. 
we just would only have won by 10 instead of 20. So ultimately, that's probably number two as far as the blame pie, I guess, for the comeback. Um, That's where I had it. But, yeah, it's... it's, So there's a couple angles for me with the with the offensive rebounds and it's it's kind of a, a kind of a bone to pick with some of these people I've been I've been talking to in here and too one of my very close Celtics friends um, who's been preaching to me even before the series started about how Celtics are too small to match up with Milwaukee and we don't have anyone to combat Brooke Lopez and blah 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 so uh, Lopez just... wasn't even involved so that's they, play, that's, they played that's Lopez where, off the court that's where I'm going here is that there's there's nothing wrong with the Celtics height. No. We don't need to get no. bigger. We don't need bigger players. No. And we didn't have Robert Williams this game who would have probably cut those offensive rebounds, you know, at least you know, well, taking a few off the <laughs> off the off the box score. Oh but yeah. Like, For sure. But the thing is they're like, Well, you see, like, we got out refund off the rebounds and, you know, they have Brooke Lopez, and we can't really match them. It's like, Brooke Lopez literally didn't oh, play a minute the, in the fourth quarter. He the played Lopez zero minutes. minutes were not – they solved Lopez very quickly. And, and I, I, I like Lopez. He's, you know, made an impact this series. But I'd say overall he's more or less a non-factor. And uh, uh, non-factor as far as contributing He was a non-factor them. in the comeback, certainly. Right, it, which, which was – the fourth quarter was where they won the game. So if he yeah. wasn't on the fourth quarter – in the game of the fourth quarter, then – he didn't make an impact in this win because so, that's where they made that. That's where they made the win. So, I don't think I, I need people to stop talking about how we're too small. We're not too small. We're we're not too small rebound. as a team. Here's the well. The one thing I would say to that is, should Ime have been quicker to realize that the small lineup was not working as well, and that it, it you know, Bud had adjusted with Portis, should he have gone back to Grant Williams for Derek White sooner? That would be the complaint, whereas you could say, you know, if Grant is in there with Al instead of Tatum being kind of the second big, that you would you would think that would help our rebounding. So that is where I I think Ime was slow to adjust. And, I mean, I liked the idea initially of going back to the lineup. I mean, it won us game four. Um, but, I mean, again, the other thing is when we're playing the way we're playing, it this is why it all comes back to the way we played offense because when you're just isoing – then yeah, why would you rather have Derek White in than Grant Williams? It makes no sense. If you're running our normal offense, the small lineup is great. But if Derek White's standing in a corner, he's not helping the team. I'd rather have Grant Williams standing in the corner if you're just going to maybe shoot, like, a catch and shoot. And then obviously, you know, you want Grant in there to... Granted, no pun intended, (laughs) Grant didn't have a great game. I mean, the last couple games haven't been very good. But in that situation... Why wouldn't you rather have him in there? I mean, he's at least as... Even when he was playing poorly, it's not like his defense was ever bad. And again, we weren't playing offense anyway, so what does it matter who else is out there around Tatum? So that, to me, I think he was a little slow to realize kind of what was going wrong and not get Grant back in there. He he finally put him back in with like two minutes left, but at that point it was, you know, too late. Um, But I mean, I think that's obviously could have affected the rebounding somewhat and again with the way we were playing offense it wouldn't have mattered because it's not like we weren't involving white he you know yeah. he wasn't and getting I... touches he wasn't doing the things that helped the celtics so there's really just no benefit to having that lineup out there given mm-hmm. the way we were playing so i mean again it all stems back to the way we were playing but is that 
then it goes to who do you blame for playing that way. So it's not like, I don't think it's White's fault. I wouldn't say White played poorly in the quarter. There's nothing he could do. I mean, if you don't touch the ball and you don't get to play your own role, <laughs> what do you want him to do? Like I said, I mean, he's not a he's not Ray Allen. He's not going to run around and get wide open threes. So, like, you're putting him in there but not letting him do basically his job. And then, I mean, again, White was – his defense was fine. But, yeah, you've got a 6'3 guy in there instead of, you know, I don't know what Grant's listed at. But, yeah, if you're <laughs> – if, if the issue on that end is rebounding and that's really all that player is contributing, again, why leave White in over Williams for so long? Yeah, it's, that's a good point. Seems like an odd that's, move. Yeah, that's a, a, that's a very good point. I didn't really think of that. Um, and, I, and I think, too, kind of like people are – jumping all over grant i know he hasn't been awesome but i think people are kind of you know getting a little bit too hard on him um you know he was kind of playing you know maybe to his maximum potential most of the postseason he he had a couple great games yeah he had some great games people are like oh this is a role player he's a good bench role player like yeah so i mean we should be like we should be happy with what we got out of grant and I'm not saying he's as bad as he's been the last couple of games, yeah. but he's still playing awesome defense, which is basically, you know, what we needed from him. He, exactly. I think, you know, he might've been yeah. playing over his head, but I still think he's been no. And the defense never slept. Yeah. The defense, defense never defense, slept. Defense and I mean, Van Gundy, awesome. Van Gundy said he's the best Giannis defender in the entire NBA, which right. might be true, but it's just funny that national announcers are saying that about a guy who, you know, four months ago, half of the Celtics fan base wanted to cut. Like, yeah. you know, so, but I mean, again, I, even when, like, when Grant wasn't playing well, quote unquote, like the things that he was doing wrong that were frustrating was kind of just not, like he missed a few shots, which again, is going to happen. He was making so many. It's like, okay, he, he's, he's a good shooter. And I don't, you know, I don't think his shooting is fluky overall, but it, he's obviously not going to keep making them at the rate he was. But it seemed like, you know, he missed a few and he kind of lost his confidence and then it was like he was hesitating. And that's the issue. If if Grant's in there, catch and shoot, you know? Yeah. He's established now. You don't have to worry about, oh, did I, I miss two in a row? I can't shoot another one. Like, no, he's he's got to keep putting it up there. And it seemed like he got a little, a little timid with his shot. He was hesitating. He wasn't just pulling the trigger, like, in rhythm like he usually does. And he was trying to, like, pump fake or, like, you know, triple threat, get into the lane, and that's not his game. And he was turning the ball over, trying to put it on the floor. And again, it's like, stop. You know, and that was where maybe it's like, okay, you've played too well, gotten too much praise, and now maybe it's going to your head and you're trying to do a little Mm. too much. Sit in your corners. If the ball comes to you and you're not tightly guarded, shoot it. And, like, otherwise, keep it moving. That's it. And so, I mean, again, I think that's an easy fix. And, yeah, he had some bad sequences, but it wasn't like – he was playing some awful basketball. He just, again, he set the bar really high with how well he was shooting. He wasn't shooting as well, and he stopped shooting as much and, you know, had some bad turnovers. But, yeah, I didn't I didn't see it as like, oh, we got to go. We got to take Grant out of the game. He's killing us. Certainly not. Like I said, I mean, no matter how many shots he's missing, you know what you're getting on the defensive end at this point. Yeah. The whole, you know, the the adjustment as far as, uh, you may, you know, bring in Grant sooner. Um, that does make a lot of sense. And I mean, even, you know, I wouldn't have even minded seeing Tice a little bit. He's not like a great defender, but with Portis out there, I don't mind having, um, getting, you know, 
see if he can steal a couple of Daniel Tice minutes because I don't think he's going to um, – I think that matchup's all right. For, Tice played Tice. fine. I think Tice played this fine. This was probably his and best they, game of the when series. They, play, they basically matched Tice with Lopez and played him when Giannis was out, and that's fine. Yeah. Tice is, could I, totally handle that, and he did very well. I mean, I think he scored yeah. 9 or 11 points and didn't miss a shot. And, I mean, on defense, you know, he is what he is. He'll – He'll give fouls instead of easy buckets, and he'll stand his ground, and he, he's fine. You know, he's yeah. a perfectly fine defender, and he is definitely not Ennis Freedom. <laughs> he's which is all I ask out of a third pick. <laughs> like, <That's right>. and <laughs> he to, checks that box. To, to, you know, get back to your point, too, about the fact that we weren't running our normal offense, and, you know, Derek White's not really helpful if he's just standing in the corner. I mean, like, I'd rather have Daniel Tice standing in the corner than Derek White, and you know it's not. Yeah, a I just don't. Derek White, well, I just but... don't think they wanted Tice in there unless Lopez is out there to guard. I yeah, just don't think. I, they, I don't. That was more, I think, of a defense decision. But I mean, but they, like, Grant is the start, obvious choice. You're not going to play once Tice you start, Grant. Once you start seeing all these offensive rebounds, and again, like Tice isn't, you know, the greatest yeah. rebound in the world, but you know, it's it goes well, to that thing too. No. It's like it'd be it'd be it, Grant. I, I don't know. I mean, no, Grant too. I'm saying it's Grant or White. Your fifth guy with Rob out in that situation. You're closing with Grant or you're closing with White. I really, I don't. You're not considering Tice. That would have been crazy. Pritchard, and, may, you know, Pritchard maybe if he's scorched earth, but he obviously wasn't. I mean, I think it's yeah. it's I mean, White or Pritchard, it's Grant. You go by what you need. We were clearly playing in, you know. We didn't need the offense at all. We needed defense and rebounding. So choosing White over Grant seems dumb, especially when they're you know all of their guys are most are pretty much bigger. Like I don't. I guess uh, you know hindsight's twenty twenty. But given the circumstances, even with six minutes left in the game, if you look and we're up, you know, if you tell me we're up like seven or so, and you tell me who the Bucks have on the court, it's hard to like make a strong argument for why you'd rather have. White than Grant in that situation, and like going to tight when I'm talking about Tice too, it's not like I don't want him to play over these guys. But Pritchard, he did make a couple. Of that. He actually made a couple of shots in the fourth that were relatively big. But I mean, he played four and a half minutes, and I mean, I don't know. Pritchard was fine, but I mean, again, fine. it's more okay. So if you have Pritchard in, who is he guarding? Like again, I think the emphasis at that point we were clearly. Like the 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 play was clearly like defense take us home. Offense yeah. were basically just take me knee. Defense take us home. So you would you're not gonna approach. I mean again, it was white or it was Grant to me. Like you know, that's yeah. it. And I think in game four he may pressed all the right buttons. In game five he kind of pressed all the wrong buttons. Unfortunately, and I mean it's a like I said. Hopefully it's a learning experience. And the the the, the offensive rebounds too. It's Portis had four of those seven. So, I mean, it's not mm-hmm. really like it was, yep. you know, a clinic all around. I mean, Holiday had one, Giannis had one, Matthews had one, and then Bobby Portis had four. But also, so, I mean, like, how much of that was from having to send three guys to help Giannis? So, yeah, there's no one on Portis underneath the basket. Whereas if Grant's in there, you know, as exactly. Van Gundy said, Grant is basically the best defender of all time. So... <laughs> Yeah. But like, but no, seriously. Like, if Grant is in there, he doesn't need as much help. You're not sending your whole team to help on Giannis if Grant is doing a good job. Yeah. Well, and you I got mean, more cause... guys to crash the glass. Like, it all 
it's you know. safe to say too i think that you know as great as horford's been on both ends of the series Giannis basically got whatever he wanted on al last night yeah and it's not a i agree it's, it's not, not a knock, knock on, on al, al at all that's when, when you see that happening for you know three and a half quarters as you know even though we had the lead i mean Giannis was getting to the basket, he was getting wherever he wanted didn't matter who was on him and Grant has the best chance to yeah. slow him down one on one, and I just don't and know why. And then Al would have been on Portis, which, like, you know, is great. It just, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. It seems like, you know, in hindsight, it seems like well, the then, right yeah. decision. Right, but... and the combination of that along with our offense was just like, I don't know if Ime just froze in the moment, and like you said, maybe just in his head was like, kind of like. After that Tatum dunk, you know, it was like, my work's done. We're in the finals. I'm just sitting here. And then he just, like, didn't react until it was like, oh, no, what has happened? Mm-hmm. So, but he's got to he's got to make a move earlier, like I said, whether it's rallying the offense, making a sub for Grant, doing something. But uh, I mean, you, you look at this too, too slow to adjust to everything. I think. It's offensive box score, too, in the fourth quarter. It's so one other yeah and one other stat too about the uh as you're saying that for the offense in the fourth quarter like the Celtics best offense in this entire series and the offense that's been there the most is obviously like open threes Mm -hmm. Celtics did not attempt a three in the fourth quarter that's I know literally not they didn't even attempt one it's like all you have to do is make two passes against the Bucks and you have a wide open three they didn't do it once zero for zero Bucks were six for six yeah which, like, again, it keeps, you know, credit to the Bucks, but it's like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. We're and getting open I... threes at will. Drive and kick. One time. <laughs> I heard people, too, were, some people were critical of, you know, Jalen only played seven and a half minutes of that fourth, mm-hmm. which, you know, it's a good chunk, but for the playoffs where, yeah. you know, Horford and Tatum were playing 12 minutes. But, so, I mean, you, you kind of get – I kind of understand because he played all 12 minutes of the third. He had that huge outburst for 16 points. So, I mean, you know, you give him a little a little break at the beginning to start the well, fourth. But, so I mean, it, why didn't – you? I would feel like he should have maybe been in a little bit earlier than he was. Um, maybe. And I don't know if that but, would change the game. I mean, he took, he took two shots. And I, I think that was probably more to Tatum, you know – yeah. Taking, you know, all this, you know, the eight shots and the, you know, ISOs so, and whatever, but I don't know. I guess, um, I guess that kind of goes more back to the offense, like you're saying, where I'm torn on that. Really one. running an offense. Because one, Tatum played the entire third quarter. I mean, Brown, did he play the whole third quarter? Or maybe he came yeah. out for one minute? He played the whole he third played, quarter. played the whole third quarter. And, like, did a lot. I mean, that was a heavy workload quarter. And Tatum got a huge rest. So I. Yeah. Tatum, like, at the end of the third, when, I mean, again, the third quarter has been the Celtics' issue. Yeah. And it seemed like it was, again, as the Bucks cut the lead to one, and then it was like the Celtics just played great at the end of the third. And, you know, it was some smart, but a lot of Jalen. And he was playing, so, they played so well that they didn't need to put Tatum back in. And it was like, wow, we're stealing minutes. And, like, we the Celtics never do that. They never... They rarely hold the rope when Tatum is out. They never extend the lead. So to see them doing that and giving Tatum that long of a rest was like, this is amazing. So then, I mean, I thought it was reasonable with a fresh Tatum to 
to get Brown that rest. And again, like Pritchard was the guy who was in for Brown. Pritchard, there, so there was that play. Uh, Pritchard made a shot that put the Celtics up 11 with eight, eight minutes left. And then um, Connaughton hit a three. Celtics called timeout and Brown went in. So again, it was like, yeah, maybe you could have put him in a few minutes earlier, but things really didn't start to unravel until he was already in. Like that, to me, I don't know. I just think that's a bit of a reach. Like I, I, I find it hard to believe that if they had put him in for Pritchard two minutes earlier instead, things would have been any different. Because again, it was, it was all about the way, what they did and the way they played. It wasn't like, it wasn't like they were attacking with the wrong guys. It wasn't like. You know, Pritchard kept driving and coming up short, and like, oh, I wish that was Jalen. Like, I don't know. I mean, again, it's hard to make a make a difference when you're not getting the opportunity. And I don't mean not being on the court, but I mean once he went on the court, he was either standing off to the side, not not impacting the play, or he was getting the ball and isoing at the end of the clock. And it's just like, again, why, why we if we got to that earlier, it would have been better. I don't, I don't know. That's a kind of a bogus excuse i guess or or whatever i don't know i don't i don't really put any of the blame on that i guess you're muted nick you're muted <laughs> my bad so Mystic i think people are people are going you know they're they're looking for every kind of you know excuse they can they're, they're looking for every you know trying to find what, what went wrong and i think mm-hmm. you know they're looking for like things here and there when really it was just you know yeah. what we said it was yeah the I think offensive it's, execution and it's I, and pretty I think, simple i don't think it's anything more than that it's nothing right. less it's like you're up 11 points you can give Jalen brown a rest and bring him back in with seven minutes that's not like right. a coaching error Get them so, in, and, steal an extra minute of rest. They put them in again. They were still up eight points with seven minutes left when they went back to Brown. That there's still no excuse to, to lose yeah. that game. So there's, there just like any game, there's plenty of things you can second guess. But this game, it's it's basically you know one A and one B, which is you know the offense and you know the off leading to offensive rebounds for the for the Bucks. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's I don't think we have to complicate it too much more than that. I think we've, I think that's basically yeah. what it is. And to to look for, you know, I mean, I think we should probably talk a little bit more about the, you know, those last few plays. Yeah. Um, so I I had but, two other little things on the list before we get to that. But go go ahead. Um. Well. Well, why don't we why don't we finish with that? Why don't we go finish your couple things on the list and then we'll okay. go to that at the end. So the only other things one you kind of already touched on, which was just the. And I hate to say this because I, I generally hate when I bring this up because almost everyone in the NBA does it. But the amount of complaining to the refs at a certain point was act, was like visibly hurting the Celtics. As there were multiple times where someone stayed to complain about a no call, did not get back on defense, and the Bucks got a transition three or an open look because of us not getting back as we were complaining to the refs. And like yeah. normally, like it's, in the regular season, I really don't care. It doesn't bother me. But at a certain point, it is like you're hurting the team. The refs suck. Everyone agrees the refs suck. Like, everyone knows it. We can all see on TV. The players can't, like, sacrifice play to complain. They just can't do it. And it 
I mean, that's what the coaches are for. And again, I mean, this is Ime needs to tell his players, like, stop. You know, I'll complain for you. We'll be good. Don't worry about it. Get the hell back. And it, again, it was actually hurting us. Like, overall, I hate the, you know, oh, this guy bitches too much, blah, blah, blah. Because it's just annoying. And almost everyone in the NBA does it at times. But at a certain point, it was actually hurting us. They weren't hustling back. I mean, and that's a killer. And again, I mean, there's a certain human element to refereeing where, like, if a guy is just a pain in your ass all night, like, I don't think it's helping his cause. And I think Tatum does get a bad whistle. But I also don't think, like, the way he treats the refs helps him get a better whistle, which you can argue that that's, like, a flaw with the NBA in general. But, like, I think it's true. I don't think he helps him. He does himself any favors. And I think it's something he'll kind of figure out and he'll change. And they'll, you know, the team will help him change. But it's, like, it's brutal in the moment. It's it's kind of brutal. And, um,. You know, it, it's frustrating to watch, and like I said, it hurts the team. Again, it's not. I don't think he's wrong. Like a lot of the times, it probably should have been a call, but just that's not the way to help your case. Um, and I mean, again, I keep going back to like, you look at the Bucks; they're a championship team. The Celtics, as of right now, just are not, and that's a difference too. You look at Giannis; you know, he's getting hammered every play, and you can argue he's dishing out as much as he's taking, but you don't see Giannis you know, throwing his hands up, getting in the ref's face. Like he just accepts it and gets back and keeps playing basketball. And like, that's what you have to do, especially in a series like this. And in games like this, just keep playing, get back though. There'll be enough replays on the TV. Like everyone will realize if you're getting a bad whistle, you'll, they'll realize it no matter how much you complain, you don't need to keep showing up the refs and making a big deal about it. So, I mean, it's, it's twofold. One, it was actually hurting the team because they weren't getting back on defense. And two, I just don't think that does you any favors with the refs and doesn't make them more likely to give you calls. So, um, frustrating and again, became, became an issue, something that generally is to me, whatever. Um, and it became an issue, unfortunately in that game on on like multiple occasions, especially early in the fourth quarter. Um, where it's like, you, you know, you're giving them a five on four because you didn't like the call. So, you know, being right about your argument does not justify the end result. Again, get back on defense. You can complain after the whistle. You can let your coach complain. Or you can just not complain at all and realize that, you know, it's there's a human element to roughing. It'll probably even out. They're not trying to screw you over. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that was that was a problem to me. And A minor yeah, problem in the grand scheme of things, but another the, issue. The whole complaining and to, uh, to the refs and whatever it's annoying and you know it's a bad look whatever but uh, ultimately i don't really care like you said because you know it's whatever happens in the nba and um maybe it's not a good look but who cares it's it's, it is what it is but when it affects your play that's when it becomes a problem and i'm trying to find it i think i think keith smith had some keith smith had some uh stat on twitter i'm trying to find it um but it basically ties back into that what I was talking about Tatum, where every every shot in the fourth quarter, mm. he was on his ass um, trying to get a call, and you know that they were pushing off of every missed shot, uh, mm. and you know a lot of times that was leading to an odd man break for the Bucks, and they you know Tatum was still on his ass on the other end of the court, yeah. and you know whoever Wesley Matthews was open in the corner for a three or 
Drew Holiday got a three or whatever it was. And I mean, that very clearly affected, you know, affected the outcome. I mean, if, if you're, if you're complaining to the ref while you're running up the court and whatever, if you're right. complaining or if to the it's ref, after the whistle, wait till a dead hand. ball, wait till a dead yeah. ball and go give him your gripe in like a way that isn't showing him up is a hundred percent more effective you know, go have right. a normal conversation with the ref, and he'll probably listen and be willing to hear you. If the play's going on and you're just throwing your arms up as basically showing him up, like, again, I don't think you're doing yourself You're more likely favors. to get a technical than you are to yeah. get in the next call in your favor. Right. And so, also, even on top of all that, as bad as the refs have been, I thought they were pretty much fine in this game. Like, I thought it was by far the best officiated games. Like, I don't... There weren't many calls that were, you know, even really an issue. Like, overall, I thought they were fine. They pretty much stayed out of the way. The... Oh, so the Celtics were on the bonus for the last eight, eight minutes. Eight minutes. And they didn't drive. It's not like they weren't getting calls. They weren't even going to the basket. I didn't know it was eight. I thought it was, like, six and a half minutes or something. Eight no, minutes. over eight minutes. Yes, oh. over eight minutes, and they shot four free throws the rest of the way. Two of them were that Tatum take in the last minute, and then the other one, I think, you know, Jalen got a foul at one point. But, yeah, it's – again, it just makes the way they played that much more inexcusable that they were in the bonus for that long, and they weren't even – they weren't even playing offense in a way that could possibly draw you fouls, really. Um, so, I mean, again, like, I – the refs, I think, in the first four games were terrible. They weren't good in this game, but they were fine. And, I mean, again, the, for the amount of complaining, when you're up by as many points as we were, it was like, just let it go. <laughs> Don't worry about it. They're they're fine. Yeah, and, I mean, that's, you know, that's something that I think that's something that you have to go to the top for, you know, with meaning email, yeah. I think. Yeah, I think at a certain point he does have to tell the guys to shut up. And he's playing, and that he'll been, have their back. He can argue for them. That's part of the coach's job. I I will argue. You keep playing and move on to the next play. I will let the ref know that he missed that call. Yeah, you keep playing and go to the next play, and I'll I'll argue with him, or you can argue with him in a dead ball right. or something. I mean, yeah. I don't know. It's 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 really frustrating. Um, yeah, but it was. and I mean, it's it's even more frustrating because Ime is pretty much done that all year i mean i don't know about that specifically but he's had no problem calling up these guys and being like you know mm-hmm. telling them what to do i mean it's not like he's been timid or you know trying <laughs> far, to uh... far from it right so i mean it's like i don't know why he you know decided to wait until now to to do that unless he didn't and nobody was listening to him i don't know it's impossible to know. So. Well, that's what I'm saying. We don't really know. Um, but, I mean, either way, whether it's him not saying it or them not listening to it, he has to be more assertive. And, I mean, he obviously has – it's not like they don't listen to him and they've quit on him. So, it leads me to believe if he's more forceful with the message, they're going to ultimately listen. Here's that All right, here's that tweet from Keith Smith that I was talking about. He said, rewatching the fourth quarter – the Celtics gave up at least four three-pointers because someone, wow. usually Tatum, Brown, or Grant, was barking at a refs and didn't get back on defense. So four yeah, three-pointers, I mean, that's, 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 that's the game. That's, that's, that's it really right bad. It is. We got, we got outscored by 12 points in the fourth, and that's 12 points right there. So that's it's just that's disgusting. I mean, That's really bad. That's um, hard to swallow, assuming – 
Keith is right, but I'm just gonna I'm, I'm gonna assume he I, is. I always believe Keith. Um, one other, and then the only other thing on my list, which is also kind of related to the refs, but more again of an EMA thing. And this is always this has always been a point of frustration to me. And I think I've made I don't know if I've made kind of this case on this pod before, uh, but I mean I've, it's something I've believed in for a while, which to me is like. I hate saving the challenge, I guess, for, like, the last play. Like, and there's this thing in the NBA that every team is like, oh, I can't waste my challenge. I have to have it in case, you know, there's some egregious call on the final possession. Like, teams are scared to use it. And it's like, first of all, I mean, that almost never happens. Mm. Second of all, like, it's a math game. The points are the same. If you have a chance to get to guarantee like taking points off the board or something like that, do it. Ime, I thought, had multiple chances to use the challenge and didn't. So to me, there were two plays in a row where the Bucks drove and got a foul. The first one was a Grayson Allen and one where he went up and I think on Grant, I can't, uh, I can't remember who the defender was. I want to say Grant went straight up and Allen it like used his right arm to push yeah, off and made right. a layup. And I think if they reviewed that, they would have won it because Grant went straight up, his arms went straight up and Allen basically elbowed him in the face to push off and laid it in and he got an and one. So to me, like, I don't care how much time is left. That's three points off the board and the Celtics ball. Like that's basically as much as you can gain from one challenge, like mathematically, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. So to me, I, think, I don't I don't care if it's in the first quarter. If you can change, if you can take three points off the board, take a foul away from your guy, put a foul on them, and you have the ball, like that's as big a swing as one challenge can influence. I don't care if it's in the first minute or the last minute. Like it, to me, that almost doesn't matter. I, I just hate holding on to it. And this wasn't that was in the for, the beginning of the fourth quarter. Like it was before the Bucks had gotten too close. But I, I mean, I thought that was a no brainer. And then the next play. Uh, I think it was Connaughton had like maybe a fast break and he went up for a layup and again, smart made a great play coming over for the side. He went straight up in the lane, jumped, uh, you know, and there was contact, but smart went straight up and down. Connaughton missed the layup. He got a foul. So again, to me, that's two points. Connaughton's, you know, almost an 85% free throw shooter, two free points. Take those off the board. He made chose not to challenge either one, and ultimately he never. I don't even think used the challenge. Right, the Celtics never even used their challenge, so yeah. I mean, they could have used it on the Giannis free throws with 14 seconds left. But that he wouldn't have won that. I mean, that would have been saving it and then using it on a play just because it's important, even when you have no chance of winning it. So to me, if you have like a near guaranteed win of a challenge and it's taking at least two points off the board or whatever, just use it. Like that was that to me was extremely frustrating. That I thought there were multiple calls that he could have and probably should have challenged didn't and then ended up not even using it yeah i think that's so. pretty much consistent behavior from ema but even, i feel like yeah. it hasn't been i feel like lately he's been using it early and, and using it well um and i feel like he's been one of the few coaches who doesn't usually do that but i think he did it here and i think again it, it goes <laughs> it all goes back to that whole strategy of thinking we won and of like oh no like we're still up eight i'm not gonna you know i don't want to use it now like, okay, so yeah. we're waiting to get down to, like, the point where we're up one and get ripped off on a call and have to use it. Like, just use the challenge. If we had taken that Grayson three-point play off the board and got the ball back, like, they maybe never even get close at the end. Like, and I think I think with those what, – what he was – how he handled it and how a lot of coaches handle it, it's like – it's almost – I feel like at this point a lot of people see the challenge as, like, it's almost – 
a crapshoot. I mean, you could look at, you know, a hundred different challenges and I'd say it's like 50, 50 on, you know, what you think it is. I mean, you know, we'll see, we'll see a challenge. We'll be like, Oh, it's definitely getting overturned. And it doesn't. <laughs> that, we'll be yeah, like, Oh, no. that's, that's clearly. Yeah. I'm not know, saying he clearly... definitely would have won them, but no, no. like, and I think that's sort of just, it was so worth the risk that that's, I don't, I, I think mean, that's again, just sort of to sort never of even logic. use it ultimately is like, you know, you have nothing to lose. Sort of, I think that's kind of like where these, a lot of these coaches are coming from where they're like, you know, well, we really have no idea if we're going to win or not. It looks like we probably would win it, but who knows? So let's just save it think, for the last yeah, two minutes. And, I think most you know, of them just use if it. If there's a question, we'll call, we'll use it and just use it as a regular timeout. And it's like, and maybe yeah. we'll get lucky. Yeah. Because it's like, and right. I think, I think that's a problem, I think, overall with like, maybe even the replay system, which maybe it is a, it is a flaw into. in the system for sure. I think if you win the challenge, you should get another challenge. Yeah, like I, sure. I would be fine with the system, but if you you can use the challenge, if you win it, you get another one. Because like, if you challenge twenty calls and win them all, whatever. Like, I don't want there to be twenty reviews, but again, if the refs are screwing you that many times, like, keep challenging. You shouldn't yeah. be penalized by not having more challenges for ch- correctly challenging a bad call, no matter when it occurs. I just think overall the system the, is flawed, but it, the so, quality. But the, the quality of the refs, yeah, it's reviewing an the challenges aren't very good. I'd say um, that's and, definitely. I mean, fair. I don't uh, know if the NBA would agree, but just from you know, yeah, a, a, an onlooker from an outside perspective, I feel like I don't know why the they. Time, I don't. I don't understand what why they're making these calls and when they're getting reviewed, why they're not getting overturned. But that's um, definitely fair. And again, I don't know. So I mean, I that's, know this was of... last on my list of issues because ultimately we, we didn't lose because of a challenge or a non-challenge. No, no. But, but it's just yeah, one more I thing think... of like where it's like Ime, it lends to the theory of that he was just asleep at the wheel for the last eight minutes. Yeah. Like one more thing. Well, maybe he was a little... Again, I feel like we're being harsh. On, yeah. I feel like we're being harsh, but maybe not. Like that's kind of... Yeah, yeah, I mean, if this A was, lot of things know, that he could have done and that he seemingly did this was game 60 of the regular season, you right. know... This was stuff that was care. happening in game 10. Like, this is stuff yeah. that was happening in the beginning of the year and it. I thought we had kind of fixed all of this and it it kind of all came back and reared its ugly head at the worst possible time. Yeah. There was a little bit of rookie coach syndrome, I think, yeah. going on I think that I think as much as we've talked about how, like, the Bucks were the veteran championship team. I mean, the same is true with the coaches as, you know, Bud mm-hmm. has proven it and earned it. And he may, you know, as great of a year as he's had and how much praise he's gotten, he's still green when mm-hmm. it comes to being a head coach. Yeah. And I mean, like, you know, you could be a assistant, you can be the best assistant God, in the world yes. for, you know, 20 years, but right. you're not, you're not the guy making the final call until you're the head coach. Right. So, I mean, and nothing can prepare you for being the guy in that moment when the game's happening and adjusting and right. in real time, pulling the right, the right strings and pressing the right buttons, you know, when yeah. everything's on the line like that, like you can study everything in the annals of NBA history, but it doesn't, you know, mm-hmm. so. all right. Well, that was my entire list of kind of, that was a good vent session of what went wrong. Yeah. So now let's get, let's get into the very end. So after, Everything went wrong, and after they did all those things and blew all that, it was tied. The Celtics had the lead. Um, I guess where do you want to start with the missed free throw, with the possession after that? Uh, how yeah, much? I mean, how much do you really free... want to go through? Because <laughs> I mean, 
I think we can touch on maybe a little of them, you know, um, a little a bit of on each of them. But um, so poor, so I mean, Giannis the, the misses Marcus, the free throw. Yeah, the Marcus, Portis, Jalen. Marcus and Jalen, as I already kind of alluded to earlier, they both go in for the rebound, collide basically, um, and the ball just kind of falls in Portis's lap, and he lays it in. Bucks take yeah. the lead. I, I mean, what? I, I, like this one's tough because the the offensive rebounds were a huge issue and no at no point more so than that one play, but at the same time, like that one play in a vacuum, it's like hard to be mad. Like, it, it, you know, it's an effort, it's a mistake because like the guys were giving so much effort. Like, yeah. We were not and, the only the first guy to the ball; we were the first two guys to the ball yeah. to the point that they collided with each other. Like it sucks, but uh, to me, I mean, more than anything, it's just really bad luck yeah i mean it was i mean there's a little bit of luck there and i mean but i think it also kind of stems more than from a little like, I, would, I would say i think it like sort of stems from sort of like you know i'm not saying it was like the nba gods rewarding the you know bucks for whatever but it's like we were clearly getting out you know outplayed in the fourth and the bucks were you know going getting a bunch of offensive rebounds and the celtics were kind of you know, took took their foot off the gas, and it's like it's almost like all right, you know, Marcus and Jay are like all right, enough's enough. We're gonna you know make up for it, and we're gonna play, you know, right extra well, that's, aggressive. And then it's like, how, how do you fault like one of those over, guys? Like, they overplayed it because exactly. they were trying to make up for you know what yeah. they have been doing the rest of the game. Right. And so it's like, but that's how are you gonna you get know, mad at those guys? Yeah. It's, so it's like you know you can't blame them for that, but the bigger picture is that you know it's they everything probably else that reacted that way it. because. Yeah, right. it led to that. So if they haven't given up sixteen offensive rebounds, is Smart crashing in so hard from half from the three point right. line, like to exactly. get that rebound? Probably not. But he feels like, you know, we're not getting any rebounds. I have to go get the ball, and he yeah. did. Like he was there. He got. He was in the right spot. Like that's yeah. the worst part. He played it perfectly. Like as a guard outside of the lane, you can't go in to rebound a free throw better than he did. Unfortunately his teammate played it almost as well and got there a split second after him and basically drilled him in the head and knocked the ball loose. Yeah. So the, like, the intentions, the right intentions were there. Their head was in the right spot. It was just, it was an overplay in a way from, you know, the previous, you know, eight minutes of, for six minutes of, you know, poor rebounding. Um, so, you know, and unfortunately too, I think we get that rebound that might've been the game. I mean, I know there was still, time left but you know we get the ball we get fouled ideally make you know one or two free throws and yeah, i think I at mean, that point we would have been up what three yeah well yeah we were up one when that yes. occurred so if we make one or two we still have a two yeah. three point lead so in theory yeah. we you know we probably would have i mean it's smart or jalen two good free throw shooters like we're most likely up three points with 10 seconds left so that could have been the game, and yeah, um, pretty bad luck. That's that one was, that one was tough. That was a tough pill. To that was very tough. So obviously, you know, it happens. Eleven seconds left. Bucks are up one. Timeout. Celtics use their last timeout, and then um, so Celtics are down one. Need a hoop. They run a play to send Horford into the far corner to set a screen for Tatum that just either didn't develop or develop too slowly. And I don't know if like, it seemed like they were late in starting the play. I don't know if the ref handed the ball in and they weren't ready or they weren't paying attention or what, but for whatever reason, 
It was not a great screen, but even if it was, like, Tatum was so far away from the play, and when you have no timeouts, like, I just, I don't know. It's hard to afford to wait, I guess. But anyway, Tatum never got close to the ball. The ball's thrown into Marcus in the near corner, who has a good angle on Connaughton. He kind of had a step on him. He beats him baseline to the hoop, but Drew Holiday, the help defender, leaves Jalen, makes an amazing play. Um... You know, again, just really have to tip your hat to Drew Holiday as he just met Marcus at the rim, blocked what looked like a, a go-ahead layup, and then not only blocked it, but was able to jump and grab the ball and throw it off Marcus out of bounds to get the ball back to the box. I mean, that's I, why again, Drew is I mean, there. I, that's I, why I, they yeah, went out and got him. Awesome play. Like, hate hate to say it, but just an awesome play by Drew um, but I guess from a Celtics perspective, like what's your main takeaway from that play? Uh, so I don't know whose fault it was. I and mean, you kind of broke it down where it's like, for whatever reason, it was like, you know, it, the play developed slow and then just basically didn't develop. And then I don't have a problem with, you know, Marcus trying to take that one-on-one with Connaughton. Because if it was just one on one Connaughton, Connaughton, then it looked know, like I, he had a layup. I mean, he had I a like beat. his chances, but for because the play, you know, developed the way it did or didn't develop the way it did. Yeah, Drew was you know right there, available to mm-hmm. to you know, um, you know to help de- play help defense. And I think you know I'm not putting it all in smart, but I think you know he's kind of got to be. I don't want to say he panicked, but it's like he kind of he got the ball and then he saw that you know the play didn't develop and he's like oh shit I gotta I gotta score like we only have 11 seconds left so he kind of took it and he's like I got content on me but he didn't there wasn't really the presence to be like all right the play didn't develop so that means somebody's probably gonna you know they're not gonna let the Bucks aren't gonna let Marcus just take it to the hoop one on one with content like they're gonna send help and. I just think, you know, you kind of have to expect it, but I don't know if just like the game just, if that play just kind of sped up too quick and because the play didn't develop, he just kind of reacted and took that, you know, that shot. And I I don't know, I don't know why it happened, but I just didn't, you know, obviously I didn't like it, didn't like the result. If he made the shot and Drew didn't help out, then it would be a different story. But I don't know. The play from beginning to end was just a disaster. So, um I don't know. I don't. I don't know who to blame there, but I didn't <laughs> so, like the result. Well, yeah, I, I think everyone can agree that we didn't like the result. Here's what I'll say: in I don't know if you want to call it defensive smart or whatever, but there's a few things at play. One, you say why would you expect them? Why, you have to expect them to help, but like, why would he expect that they're going to help off of Brown or Tatum? I think if anything you'd probably expect the opposite, that they're going to be overly denying those guys no matter what. And if anything, you'd think that he probably would get that one-on-one opportunity because that's probably what the Bucks want. They're probably thinking we're, you know, fronting Tatum and Brown to make sure they don't get the ball. If Smart gets a one-on-one, great. So, I mean, again, like, you could argue that maybe he should have seen Holiday out of the corner of his eye coming, but I don't think him assuming once he got the ball that he had one-on-one with Connaughton is dumb. I think that actually makes sense. And for basically the entire series, that has been there. He had the step on him. I mean, if you <laughs> he had the layup. Again, Holiday made the play he made. But I, I just don't blame Smart for that. For two, 
that was the best look that the Celtics had gotten in eight minutes. <laughs> Even though it got blocked, like, everyone is like, oh, you got to get the ball to Tatum, or, oh, this and that. It's like, they got the ball to Tatum for eight straight minutes, and he had ten chances to put the game away, and he didn't make one. So that's, people are now mad because we didn't give it to him for one last ISO? Like, I'm sorry. Smart driving to the hoop there was the first time they've been aggressive and gotten to the hoop. Like, he went for a layup. Finally. Finally, someone went to the basket. Obviously, I don't like the result. But I'm not mad at Marcus for thinking, I have a step on my guy. We haven't made a decent offensive possession in eight minutes. I think I have a layup here. He got blocked, so be it. But I don't think it's him going hero mode or turning it off. Like, I think he made a a calculated move of, I've got a step on my guy. They're probably overplaying the Jays, and I mean, Holiday got the best of him. It happens. He's an amazing player. He made an amazing play. It sucks, but acting like Smart made some awful er- mental mistake in the moment or a selfish player or anything like that to me is crazy. And to go a step further, anyone who's saying that this is some reflection on that, the like, anyone who's like, oh, see, like he's not the point guard or this and that is just a smart hater who's been you know, waiting to hate on him for six months because that is absolutely not fair to him or to the team or what happened. He played a great game. Smart was awesome. And he actually dominated Holiday for three quarters. Obviously, Holiday dominated the last minute, and that's all anyone will remember. But Smart was awesome for a majority of this game. And to say that he somehow let them down as a point guard is just... Uh, to me, very telling of anyone who says that. It shows that you probably have an agenda against Smart or you just don't really understand what you're watching because that's not what happened. And again, this all goes back to the same thing that we started the podcast and that we've been hammering home the whole time. Smart did not get a chance to play point guard. They stopped running the offense through Smart and that's when things went wrong. Smart, They had a 14-point lead and they stopped playing offense. Smart did not get a chance to play point guard. He did not get a chance to run the offense. They went isolation with Tatum and Brown basically the whole way. Look at, I mean, Smart, it's not like he was chucking up bricks the whole night. He was 6 of 11. Scored well, scored efficiently, assisted, passed well. He made bad plays down the stretch, absolutely. But to to act like you, you asked this guy, you finally committed to him being the point guard. They finally turned a corner with him as the point guard you know, they've made it this far. It's like, okay, we finally all accepted it. And then again, they, when the things, when the biggest moment of the year, they go away from it. He's banished to the side. He's watching for eight minutes as the lead slips away. And then he finally gets the ball with nine seconds left and tries to make a play. And guys, guys want to kill him for it. And they're like, see, he's not the point guard. And it's like, that's such bullshit. There's no reflection at all on him being a point guard or running the offense. They took the ball out of his hands and, basically didn't trust him or I don't know. Again, I don't know who made the decision or what the decision was or how it happened, but he did not get the chance to play point guard. He, if he continued running the offense the way he has all year and all game and all series, they never would have gotten into that situation because the offense would have kept moving and they would have outscored the Bucks and probably run away with the win or at least kept a comfortable lead. They let the lead slip away as much as anything else because they stopped letting smart play point guard they stopped trusting what had worked all season so to me if your takeaway is that this is somehow a reflection on smart not being able to be the point guard that's asinine the bigger takeaway to me is much the opposite they went back to running the offenses tatum iso brown iso smart basically being an off guard 
And we already know that story. Like, I thought we had gotten past this. We had not. That's what happened. If you want to blame Smart for that last play, whatever. He was the only guy who got open. Again, we had no timeouts left. White couldn't afford to hold the ball and wait for hopefully Tatum to get open. He saw Smart open. He passed it to him. Do I blame him for that? Absolutely not. Smart saw the baseline was open. He had to step on his guy. He saw the basket. There wasn't a lot of time left. Do I blame him? Absolutely not. Holiday got the best of him. It happens. It sucks. I guarantee you no one is more sick about what went down than Smart. And I, I'm, you know, I'm, I don't know how this team is going to respond and come out, but I am extremely confident that Smart will come out pissed off and will, you know, be ready to battle with Drew Holiday. Um, you know, and that's a great matchup. They're very similar players. They're both great players. They've each gotten the best of each other a lot this series. They're very even, but to, you know, make any, th- any more takeaways than just it was a tough couple of possessions for Smart is completely unfair and um, completely, to me, exposes someone as you've, you've had this, you know, anti-Smart agenda all along or whatever because, again, just just completely unfair in my opinion. And I guess I'll leave it at that. That's my piece. <laughs> that was... That was quite a rant. It was. Um, that was from that was from the heart. I could tell too. There was some heart in there, no doubt. So I agree. The 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 people that are that are just coming out of nowhere all of a sudden, it's like, yeah, see, that's why Smart's not a point guard. Like, we've been saying. I mean, it's been very obvious. The exact opposite is true for the last four months now. Like he, the last four months, he's very clearly been a point guard mm-hmm. and. Uh, above average one yeah so because these last you know the way this last couple plays you know panned out now oh yeah never mind he's not a point guard right and especially when he took the ball out of his hands yeah so oh the celtics need a floor general well why didn't you give your floor general the ball for the last eight minutes of the game no and i mean the my problem with that that shot isn't necessary isn't that he took it because it was you know it was a good matchups and he did have a step the problem is that the play broke down or never happened right and because of that it allowed holiday to leave you know his man or whoever he was supposed to be guarding because mm-hmm. you know holiday is too smart to be like oh this play is not going anywhere smart's got the ball he's gone Connaughton. like yeah i can go help and nothing's gonna happen and i mean i, I don't know i guess the only thing that could happen there is maybe if someone, you know, you know, uh, ran to the hoop or something. And I think I have to rewatch, but I thought Jalen maybe started running to the basket once, uh, once he got it. But I mean, that was pretty much the only other option. It was like, Drew was like, Hey, there's nothing else going on in this play. I'm going to just jump on smart. And maybe if Jalen or Tatum yeah. or somebody, you know, cut to the basket right there, Mm-hmm. Maybe Marcus sees him and we get a right. we get a layup or something. But he could have made know, an extra every... pass. Was that a great play? No, definitely not. No, like but, I mean, I don't not think... a gr- not a great moment for Smart. That extra but pass again, wasn't wasn't one... there, which was why right. Drew Holiday had the option to do that. So it's like exactly. And again, we know. had been watching Tatum and Brown ISO for what felt like an hour. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm not gonna get suddenly be mad and be like oh that's why we lost because if we threw it to tatum for another mid-range jumper he definitely would have made it like give me a break right. he, how many chances does he he missed 17 shots <laughs> it's fucking 
You know, there it, maybe that average. maybe the Tatum ISO was not a high percentage play at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sorry, had not proved to be. No, it no. had not. No, but ultimately, um, I think we're we're mostly <laughs> on the same page there. Yeah, I just, I mean, obviously, Smart did not have a good last minute of the game, but to kill the guy for it, to act like that outweighs everything else he's done all year, all game, all playoffs is just again it's it it's hard not to think of anyone saying that as just some previous anti smart agenda or was you know doesn't like him or has been waiting to crush him like it's just completely unfair you would do that with any other player um and again I mean, you know there were a few back. people on this team that had back. a bad one minute stretch and I don't think nobody's right. necessarily That's what I'm saying, saying. If you, even if you want to talk about this one game and who is to blame for the loss he's so far down on my list like Again, the game was lost from, like, eight minutes left in the fourth quarter to two minutes left in the fourth quarter. What happened after that, like I said, the Celtics had already dropped the rope. You can't pick the rope back up. It just doesn't happen. One, You know, like, I, I don't believe in, like, momentum to a certain extent. But, again, the Celtics just stopped playing. You can't drop that level and then get, get rise back to it. Like, you just – it doesn't happen. It doesn't. No. They had already lost the game at that point, essentially, like – they could have squeaked it out, but that's so, so, so far down on the list of why they lost the game that it's almost unfair to even bring it up because they never should have been in that position. And it's Smart's fault as little as almost anyone's that it got to that point. So to act and like, I mean, I think it's just because people are hammering Smart, too, is because he was involved in those last three points. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, and to, to be fair, I didn't love – the very last play, I feel like maybe it was a little sloppy. It was definitely or... sloppy, but I mean, again, there's we had no timeouts. There's four seconds left. Uh, I mean, they threw the ball into Alley, threw it back to Marcus. He's trying to make a play while also keeping in mind, like, the Bucks are trying to foul because they're up three. Like, Holiday got all ball, but he was definitely just just trying to hack smart. You know yeah. what I mean? And then, again, people are showing the screenshot of, like, Tatum was wide open. It's like, okay, that's a conveniently cropped screenshot that doesn't show that Giannis <laughs> was standing at the free throw line, ready to, if not pick off the pass, at least contest the three. So, again, it's like, yeah, I mean, in a perfect world, Smart makes that pass. But, again, there's four seconds left, and it's a mad scramble to maybe get off a, a, a hurl to tie the game. Like, that's the game, again, we had already lost at that point. We could have made that play, but, like, the game was lost well before that happened shitty sequence but you know again it would have been borderline miraculous if they had pulled something off yeah so i mean that's that's what it came down to is you know those last few plays we we had to do something special to win yeah and the bucks yeah. just were more special play, yeah and holiday well. made the made the special plays defensively like right. again it wasn't like smart made some awful plays to me it was much more holiday made awesome plays yeah and it was, you know, the team played crappy. Yeah. Marcus just ended up being the scapegoat for most of those. Yeah, which, I mean, that's kind of the way it goes. Yeah. That's why, you know, we have to be out there for Marcus, and we love him, and we trust him. And I bet that won't wait. Somebody's got to stand up for the guy. Yeah. You're not kidding. All right. Um, I mean, anything else on this? Can we put this awful game to bed? Let's bury it. I think, you know. We've vented. I think we've covered almost every angle of of misery. 
it's it's as demoralizing as it gets. I mean, honestly, I'm trying to think back to the last Celtics loss that hurt me that much, and I don't know. Would you like nothing in the bubble against the Heat? Got I, I don't know. Like the game when Adebayo blocked Tatum on the dunk was it hurt, yeah. but yeah, it but didn't hurt like this. Great play. It was a great play. I mean, and, the, and I mean, we that wasn't in as critical of a game, and also I didn't. I mean, I felt like you know I, more like we were happy to be there versus the expectations where they are now, where it kind of feels like the winner of this series is the favorite to win it all, and we were very close to being in the driver's seat of the series and probably favorite to win the title, and mm-hmm. like that was a real feeling. Whereas in the bubble, I don't know that it was, and I mean, if you go back to like. Tatum's rookie year, Game 7 against Cleveland. To get to the finals, that one hurt too, but at the same time, like, it felt like, again, you know, we were kind of, like, it was amazing that we were there and we were that close, but it, even at being that close, it didn't really feel, it was like we were playing with house money. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, it didn't, it hurt the way we lost, but, like, I didn't really ever expect us to win. Um, so, I mean, again, it's like, I'm reaching all the way back to probably the big three against the Heat, maybe, when we were up 3-2, or, like, the years before in the finals against the Lakers when we lost, or as, like, this was right up there with that for me, as losses that just <laughs> hurt so much. Is I don't know. Is that... <laughs> is that fair? I don't... I don't think there's been anything in between that really, actually, was hurt that much. Um... I mean, blowing a 25-point lead to the Knicks earlier this year <laughs> pretty painful. Okay, <laughs> that was like as bad of a loss. That was a, a worse loss, like a worse, yeah. collo- in, in, you know, in itself. But I mean, I'm, <laughs> I was I'm talking pretty, the moment. I think we were both pretty miserable and yeah. uh, uh, second guessing this entire yeah. organization. But at that, that point, but... it was more of like a "we suck, this sucks," not like yeah. a "oh my god, we could have won a title and we just blew it." Yeah. Like, which All is right. a, just a different level of hurt, I guess. When when the expectations are there, you know, it's like Still losing to the Knicks. It's like you've like been that. dating it's a girl pretty, for a week and bad. she cheats on you. You're pissed. But if it's, yeah. you know, your wife of 20 years, that's going to hurt a lot more. Right. No, I, I know what you mean, but like, I, um, I don't know. You do. You I, do got to go back a little bit, a, a little while for that. The Knicks one hurt, but I think we like at that point, we'd almost come to expect it. We were numb to the pain. This is, yeah. this is so, so, so much different, so much worse yeah. because again, we, it's like we had gotten past that. We'd gone past that kind of hurt, and then it, and then they hurt us like that. How dare again, they! At, at the worst possible time. After it, everything we've done for them. After all we've done. Ugh, really bad, really, really bad, really painful. I'm, I was devastated. I was demoralized. It's been final. I think now it's probably been about 24 hours, and I'm still. It still hurts to think about. I mean, I'm not as mad as I was. I'm not as disconsult consulate i'm i'm here i'm talking about it so i mean hey that's good acceptance right i've passed the denial stage i've reached <laughs> acceptance but uh yeah just an awful awful gut punch heartbreak whatever you want to call it i mean this is for everything we love about sports this is all the reasons why you're like why do i let sports dictate my life this much so. Why do I? Why do I watch sports? Yeah, I just, but I mean, there. You know, it's like there is. You know, to love, to have lost. The highs, all those. The highs are so yeah. high. Well, right. I mean, so that's low. why we do it. 
you know that's that's why you do it because without Chasing all the, the hurt it's not yeah this is right it's all part of it it sucks but it is what it is and, you know that's why we're here to vent to get it all out and to hopefully move on and move forward and be be better for it and that's the kind of thing is historically this is the kind of thing that can you know we could look back in five years as hey you know that was a, a game that fueled the Celtics into becoming the machine that they are like that, you know, that could be the kind of thing that builds toughness and builds character. Again, it just kind of depends what kind of team they are, what kind of character they have as a group, how much they care, how motivated they are, how tough they are and how we'll see. I mean, it's, I'm nervous and excited at the same time to see how they respond to this. Cause I think it'll be very telling. And, uh, I mean, that was demoralizing. Like, that is enough to... That's the kind of loss that would break a lot of teams. I don't mean, like, you know, permanently, but if they come out tomorrow night and they just don't have it and they look, like, already defeated, like, I wouldn't be... I'd be disappointed and sad, but I'd be kind of like, you know, yeah, that was it. You'd look back and be like, that game five, that was our chance. Makes a lot of of sense. They ripped our hearts out. Like, how do you come back from that? It's tough. So... Having said that, let's move forward. Let's talk tomorrow night. Let's talk Friday. Let's talk game six. What's your level of expectation at this point? What do you think we're going to see from this, you know, this young Celtics team who has faced a lot of adversity and a lot of different types of adversity, but they've never faced anything like this. And they only have one day off. They got to go to Milwaukee and face, you know, the defending champs who now have all the momentum, have the home court, it's tough. I mean, the, the odds are very much not in our favor right now. Um, like I said, it's a, it's a brutal spot to be in. What are we going to see? I think we're going to see basically what we've seen for most of the series, which is, you know, competitive, back and forth, uh, tough, aggressive basketball, both sides. Um you know, it's not going to be what it looked like the last six minutes. It's going to be what it looked like the first three quarters. Um, I'm not saying we're going to build up a you know double digit lead, but I think you know we're going to. It's got the the game's going to get more, going to get back to more of what the series was like. I think it's going to be a close game, but my level of confidence in us pulling it out is not super high at the moment. Um, but I think it's you know. I'm confident that we'll at least... Do you think there's any chance the Celtics just kind of no-show, mail it in? Like, they're just, like, done? Mm, not unless it starts to look really grim in the fourth quarter. I think... No, no. Well, I mean earlier than that. I mean one of those games where they just... You can tell from the tip that, like, okay. No, team, no. I don't, I don't think so. They've broken think, their will. We're done. I don't think... Uh, I don't think it's at that point yet. I think... Um, I don't think they broke us, you know, mentally. I think they may have just broken us physically, I guess, if that makes sense. Like, mm-hmm. they may have just – that might have been the game where, you know, we could have taken the lead and, you know, made yeah. it to the Eastern Conference Finals, but they took it away from us, and now they're going to just, you know, stomp on our throats. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I think – I think this team, the Celtics, have proven to be, you know, I'm not saying they're, like, as mentally tough as the Bucks or whatever, or, you know, if they're at that, you know, level yet, 
but I think they've proven to be, you know, be able to rebound from bad games or, you know, even bad quarters. And um, I'm confident they're going to come out and they're going to they'll play the right way for most of the game. And um, I just, I, I don't know if it's going to be enough. That's basically what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's fair. I mean, uh, after last night, like it's, it's hard to have a ton of optimism and confidence. Absolutely. Um, but I mean, I agree with you. I think, I think you look at the guys who, you know, are under the spotlight right now. You look at a guy like Udoka, you look at Tatum Brown, Smart, Horford, all those guys. I mean, I think they're tough guys. I think they have a lot of pride. I think everything that's happened this year is genuine. It's real. I think this team really, you know, believes in each other, trusts each other. And, yeah, I don't think they're just going to roll over and go down without a fight. I, you know, I've come around to the point where now I'm feeling borderline confident. Like, I think the Celtics can go win this game. I think – and, I mean, again, it's – you can't ignore what happened down the stretch. But, overall, they looked like the better team in this game. And if they can stick to that and not have the lapses and focus and – you know, I expect Ime to light a fire under this team today, last night, tomorrow morning. Like, they have to be about as ready to play a game as they have and will ever be. And I need the Celtics to come out with all of the focus, all the intensity, and just you know, really take it to them and, you know, show them early, hey, all right, you know, you punched us, you drew blood, but this isn't over. Um, and I think they can do it. I really do. I, I, I have faith. I'm... You know, I think the Celtics are going to win tomorrow night. I think they're going to force a game seven. I don't know why. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm the the captain going down with the ship. But I just I they've this team has made me believe. I believe in them, and I think they're going to come out. And again, I think if they can put last night behind them, they like up to those last eight minutes, they had basically like proven to me that like okay, they are the better team. And so if they can just get back to that, like there's no reason they can't execute for 48 minutes, steal one in Milwaukee, and then force this back to a game seven in Boston where all bets are off. Like, you know, you can't on the surface. It seems so difficult to think, Oh my God, we have to win two in a row against this team. It does right now. But if you can't, you just can't look at it that way. It's all, we have to go win one game. Like there's the game definitely is the game go win that. And then we'll deal about what's beyond that, beyond that. But it's all, it's a one game season right now. It's definitely, it's definitely possible that we win tomorrow and win at, at home and win the series. It's like, I, I don't think there's 0% chance. And I think I would hope, like not. you said, we're, I'm just not confident. Is yeah. I'm so, getting yeah. to the point of borderline confidence. Not confidence, like yeah, we're definitely gonna win, but like, I'm. I think that, you know this is a fifty-fifty game. Like, I don't think this changed the way I look at any of these games. Like, the Celtics are gonna go in like there's a brand new game, start from scratch, and yeah, there's. It's not like they figured something out or solved us. It's like we let them off the hook. We fell asleep and let them off the hook. We should be pissed off and make and if anything, make sure that does not happen again. And we're gonna play it for forty eight minutes. And you know, I we can at the very least play them even. I gotta believe that we're gonna show up and we're gonna get this one because there's just there's just too much on the line. Yeah, it's not gonna be yeah. easy. But I mean, this is I think we get another very very close physical game in Milwaukee tomorrow night, and I think the Celtics pull it out. Yeah, and I I do. I, I do think 
you know, top to bottom, we're a better team, um, especially without Middleton. I'd say we're mm-hmm. probably the better roster top to bottom. Um, I mean, they have Giannis, who's, you know, better than anyone we have. But he's, he's all right. I think, I think, you know, we are the better team overall and we have the better roster. But, I mean, that's unfortunately, you know, that's why they make you play the playoff games. I mean, it's, you know, they don't just send the – at the end of the regular season, they're like, oh, the Celtics look like the best team in the league. Let's just put them in the finals. It's like, no, you still have to – you still have to beat these other teams. And I think, you know, there is that element to the playoffs, which makes – got to win four games. Which makes it great. Best of seven series. Yeah. So, you know, it feels over, but it's not. And again, it, you mentioned it earlier, but go look back at that Bucks Nets series last year. It was very similar to this. And if you recall, at the time, everyone was kind of saying the same thing. They were looking at the Bucks Nets series and going, hey, like, is this the championship? Like, the winner of this series is looking like they're going to be the best team. They're going to win it all. And again, it was 2 2 in Milwaukee. Nets won that game. And it was, it, it wasn't the same exact game. But the feelings and the sentiments around that series were very, very similar to what it is now. Where everyone was saying, you know, it's over. The Bucks choked. The Bucks blew it. There are frauds. Here go the Nets. KD's the best player. There's nothing the Bucks can do. But it's a joke. He needs to get fired. You know, this, that, and the other. But it, seriously, this is exactly what the what was going on at this point last year. And then, of course, the Bucks went in. People thought – I mean, I, I thought that was it too. I thought, like, they – that was their chance. They blew it and that they would basically roll over and the Nets would close them out at home. And then, no, the Bucks went in and battled, and that was an unbelievable game six that they won. And then, obviously, they got to go back home, and it was an unbelievable game seven, and the Bucks won again. And now people don't even remember that. We all we just remember the Bucks won the championship. Giannis is the best player now. Bud's a great coach, and this and that and the other. And it's like that's – you know that's how thin these margins are, and the Celtics—they still have that chance. You know, yeah, we've got to play great for two games in a row. This team has played a, a lot of great games down the stretch. Give me two games in a row back to back, great performances. If it's not enough, so be it. But this is still—it's not over. I'll just say that this game show series me, is not show over. Show me something, you know. Show me let's, something. Let's see it. Amen. I'm with you. Let's do it. We can do it. I'm at whatever the stage past denial and acceptance is of where I'm talking myself back into it. It's going to happen. Okay. Celtics in seven. I hope so. <laughs> I do too. All right. I think, uh, I think that largely covers it at this point. It's just a matter of killing the, the minutes and seconds until game six gets here and we can get that hopefully bad taste out of our mouth um, and just move on and go back to playing basketball. I think that's where we're at. Okay, let's let's do it then. Let's do it. Well, Nick and I will be back with either another kind of depressing episode where we um, eulogize the Celtics season and look forward to the off season, or we'll be back to break down a game seven, hopefully. Um, but either way, through thick, through thin, we will be here with another episode to break down whatever happens. Thank you, as always, for joining us, Chuddy Heads, and for believing and sticking with us. We got to believe down to the bitter end. You know, let's do it. Boy, screws, lose, <laughs>